0: Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Ready to wrap this up. Absolutely, man. All right, today is the final episode of our eight-part series analyzing every division in the NFL. We've saved a great division for last, too, with the AFC West. It's only right we start with the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Trent, how do you feel about the moves Kansas City made this
1: offseason? You know, to be quite honest, with the way the Chiefs played last season, they really didn't need to make many moves this offseason. I think the biggest move they made in terms of setting up their team for success was recognizing their weakness at running back and drafting LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Heller with their first-round pick. Uh, He's a shifty and agile player at 5'8". He has a great pass catching back. He's elusive out of the backfield, has a very high football IQ, I think he's going to fit great into this Chiefs offense, how they orchestrate themselves. I think he's going to have immediate impact on this offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to touch on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a little bit, obviously he was first team All-SEC in 2019. He had 1,400 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, while also racking up 55 catches for 453 yards. This is a guy with Really good patience behind the line. He's got great vision. And while he's not the fastest, he only ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash, he has tremendous short area quickness. You know, a lot of people jump to the conclusions to compare this guy to Darren Sproles when they saw the measurables, obviously a little smaller, a 5'8", and he's shifty. But I really think he's more of a Maurice Jones-Drew kind of guy. He's got more power than people are giving him credit for. That's for sure. I think he's a guy that could definitely slot in to fill the Kareem Hunt Bold. the Chiefs have been lacking the last couple of years ever since they were forced to cut him uh, and then looking at a pretty key loss that the Chiefs suffered this offseason was obviously Kendall Fuller uh, he was a really good cornerback for them but like you said if it's not broke don't fix it the Chiefs obviously Super Bowl champs with a beat up Patrick Mahomes they've got a great roster on the both the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball and really they're just looking to repeat so Trent Speaking of them winning the Super Bowl, how do you think they're going to do this year?
1: Uh, I mean, these are my back-to-back Super Bowl champs. From what I've seen from Pat Mahomes, I think he's a generational talent. And I think he's on his way to being one of the greats of the game. I think they've really set him up in a great place with all the targets they put around him. And they also have a solid defense. I, I, I really see them winning it again this year. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a team where their floor is the AFC
0: Championship game. They're my favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I like the Saints a little bit more, how their roster is constructed this year. I think they can match up with the Chiefs decently well. But, you know, I'm not choosing the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl just because it is so hard to repeat. It's very rare because when you have a strategy for success, teams – will target you in the offseason. They'll make specific game plans to attack your weaknesses. Kansas City's going to have a target on their back coming into this season. They're probably going to be be able to answer the call. Obviously, as you said, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. As long as he can stay healthy for his entire career, he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, the way things are going right now. I just don't know how they're going to be able to answer the call of having that target on their back every single week, like we've seen
1: with the Patriots the last couple of years and I mean I think you have a good point there but the way I see it is even in the playoffs a lot of their games so like remember when they're down to the Texans by like three touchdowns and they fought through that adversity came from behind and won by a few touchdowns so I really think they they were able to flip the switch last year when they needed to most and they've already faced with it with a beat up Pat Mahomes that like you mentioned So I think with a fully healthy Pat Mahomes and um, he he has another year under his belt, I really think this team is going to be a hard, like almost, I don't want to say impossible to be, but it's going to be hard to outscore this offense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this offense, if not the most dynamic, it is
1: one of the most dynamic
0: offenses in the NFL. They're going to put up a ton of points. And that's actually a pretty good segue into talking about fantasy. Speaking of points scored, when you look at this roster, you've got three elite fantasy options at three respective positions and one rookie who a lot of people think is going to come in and make an immediate impact from that regard. Obviously looking at the quarterback situation, Pat Mahomes, as we mentioned, he was banged up. He still managed to finish as QB eight, uh, despite missing a couple of games last season. Obviously Travis Kelsey is perennially a top three tight end. He finished as tight end one in 2019. He's a monster. He's Mahomes' most reliable target. And then Tyreek Hill, Finished 2019 as wide receiver 32, but he did miss four games with a hamstring injury. So when he's healthy, we all know what he's capable of. Trent, do you see all three of these guys finishing in the top 10 at their respective position this year?
1: I think there's no question that as long as they're healthy, Mahomes and Kelsey are top five at their position this year. For me, it's more of a question of will Tyreek stay healthy and stay out of trouble, which I think he can. And I think he will finish in the top 10 as well. As long as his offense is clicking and they're all healthy and playing in every game, I don't see how they could, couldn't all finish top 10. I think the more of the question mark there is how many touches does Clyde take? Because people are drafting him um, in PPR and probably standard formats as well way before his pre-draft ranking. I think his pre-draft ranking is 30. But I see him going as early as, as 15 to 20 a lot of these drafts. So people think he's going to have a huge impact this year. I'm not sure um, you know, how well he will perform just because he's a rookie and they're not big into rookie running backs. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy. But the other three, as long as Mahomes is still throwing as much as he has in the past, I think Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill will all finish top 10 in their respective positions. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed the head on the coffin right there.
0: Especially when we're talking about Clyde, as you mentioned, his pre draft ranking is 30, which in my opinion is still ridiculous because you still have Damian Williams in that backfield who Andy Reid has like depicted as the week one starter as of now and for the foreseeable future moving forward. So people are just assuming that Clyde's eventually going to take that spot over very uh, quickly when we go into the season. But yeah, I- I'm just not so sure about Clyde this year but if there is a running back a rookie running back that's going to come in and make an immediate fantasy impact it is going to be Clyde in this Kansas City offense we've seen Kareem Hunt do it a couple of years ago they get their running backs a lot of touches especially if you can uh, catch out of the backfield you're going to have a big role I see Clyde overtaking Damian Williams somewhere in the middle of the season well I'm not sure how many touches per game he's going to get with all these weapons on this Kansas City offense, he could definitely have some fantasy value. But like you, I'm just not so sure it's going to be like a top 10 or top 15 guy.
1: Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Damian Williams in the Super Bowl had like 100 yards in, I think, the game-winning touchdown, at least at that point in the game. So I don't see why they wouldn't have any faith in him to still be a factor on this offense. I don't think Clyde's going to come in and immediately take the job, as people believe. Yeah, absolutely. All right,
0: so why don't we move on to the second team in this division, which is the Los Angeles Chargers. Looking at their key additions, they made a lot of them. I actually really like what the Chargers did this offseason, bringing in Chris Harris, obviously a former Broncos cornerback. He's an all-pro. He's a vet that's going to help mentor the young guys out there. Then they went out and drafted Justin Herbert with the sixth overall pick. Herbert, he's got great size and athleticism. He's 6'6 at 227 pounds. He has a very powerful arm. He utilizes the pump fake more and better than any QB prospect I've ever seen. Watching his film, he's fairly accurate, completed 67% of his passes last year. The only big thing with him is that his leadership is questionable. He tends to play down to his competition. He struggled in a clutch in a couple of clutch situations. For me, he's a good prospect. Seems like a slightly more accurate Josh Allen. Trent, how do you feel about the rest of the moves that
1: Los Angeles made this offseason? You know, with what the Chargers did, it honestly gave off the vibe of a rebuild to me. They moved their quarterback of, like, 14 seasons, um, letting Phillip Rivers go. And Melvin Gordon's also gone as well, who was their starting running back since, like, 2015. And, I mean, even though he had some injury trouble... Those are two very consistent guys in their offense and, and really key pieces in what they do. So deciding to let those guys go and start drafting a, a bunch of weapons to fill their fill their spots, you know, it, it seems like they may just be wanting to rebuild. I I do like Justin Herbert. I think he is a, a a good fit on this team. Like you mentioned, he, he's really big at six six. He also can move on his feet a little bit. Uh, as well as having a strong arm, but being able to pump fake like that, he can pick up those short, short uh, short yard gains and, and get a lot of first downs. They also picked up Tyrod Taylor, who I think is going to be the starting quarterback coming into the season. And he's a guy who's even more agile on his feet. Uh, he's, he's been known to run the ball. Well, make a lot of big plays. Uh, he also minimizes his turnovers. So he may find a job, uh, with this Chargers team early in the season if Justin Herbert uh, is to start performing well and and looking good for coaches I see Herbert coming in and taking the starting job Uh, but for now Tara, Tara I think is the guy in this offense
0: absolutely you know before we move on to the fantasy side or the prediction actually for this Chargers team we have to give a little bit of love to Kenneth Murray who a lot of people are declaring the steal of the draft Obviously, L.A. traded with the Patriots uh, to move up to number 23 in the draft this year and snag Murray, the Oklahoma linebacker. Many have called him the best leader in this draft. He's a great game manager. Uh, He's just everything you're looking for in a linebacker and as a leader moving forward for this team.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Murray, too. I think he's a strong tackler. He's good at wrapping up people on the edge. He's got a lot of strength in bringing people down. And I think he will slide into a starting role uh, because of his leadership. Absolutely. Uh, So moving on to the prediction for this team, Trent,
0: how do you see the Chargers faring this year?
1: I mean, they're in a really strong division. I personally believe they're in the midst of a rebuild. So I see the Chargers struggling. I think they're only going to win four or five games. And I really don't think their ceiling is very high. I mean, they their wideouts, they have good wideouts, but both their quarterbacks aren't ready to work in the system yet. It will take some time for them to adjust. So I think about four or five games for this team is about right. I think four or five is a little low. And I know you've mentioned the term
0: rebuild. I see looking at the, the pieces that they brought in this offseason as it being more of a retool because they still have elite guys at skill positions, such as Austin Eckler, who they signed to an extension, had a fantastic year last year, stepping up when Melvin Gordon was holding out and then uh, bringing in Chris Harris. He's a vet. He's in his prime. He's a great corner. That's not a move I see a rebuilding team really make. And obviously, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are two really good wideouts. Keenan Allen's a top 10 receiver in the league for me. So I think this is a team that could at least push for a 500 season. I don't see them making a splash or making a playoff run anytime soon, but I'll give them a little bit more credit than you are.
1: So you think with their question marks at quarterback, not knowing who's going to start and, and be the real leader and, and vocal uh, player quarterback, you, you think they're still going to get to 500?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tyrod Taylor step in uh, in situations like this before and have a bit of success. Obviously, he did it with the Bills, and then he did it with the Browns too before falling to an injury and eventually having Baker Mayfield take his job. I think Tyrod Taylor is a pretty solid game manager. He's obviously great on on his feet, as you said. I think he's a guy that you can pretty much plug into any system and find relative success as long as you have the weapons around him and certainly the Chargers have the weapons around him so like I said this isn't a team that's going to wow someone or make a playoff push but I think they could push for seven or eight wins this year that's fair yeah so moving on to the fantasy side of the Chargers they've got some pretty elite weapons obviously with a question mark at quarterback uh, you see some of these skill positions starting to fall in the draft. One guy who's not falling is Austin Eckler. Who finished 2019 as RB4 in PPR leagues. He didn't get that many rushes, but he was extremely effective out of the backfield, catching a ton of passes. Uh, he's extremely elusive. And then Keenan Allen finished finished 2019 as Wide Receiver 6. He is an absolute steal at his current ADP of 39 on ESPN.com. And then looking on to the other fantasy assets on this team. Hunter Henry is an up-and-coming tight end. Uh, He was a bit more inconsistent than people realize, finished as tight end nine this year. He's being drafted as like a fourth or fifth tight end in fantasy drafts this year. And then Mike Williams finished as wide receiver 41. He's a pretty solid second option, but he's been struggling with injuries on and off. Trent, how do you feel about these Chargers fantasy assets with that obvious question at quarterback?
1: You know, I think their numbers are going to drop. Even Eckler and his touches being totally different than, you know, who's at quarterback. RB4 is a pretty incredible season. He had a lot of drop down and, and dish passes last season. I just don't see him being RB4 again if the other running backs uh, this year stayed healthy. I think his, his average draft position is about right. I think he's about 16 possibly. And I think he's maybe RB8. Um, he's so you're he the top 10 running back just don't expect him to be top five again this year keen allen was wide receiver six last year i think his numbers have to drop off he had a connection with um, philip rivers for many many years he loses that this year he's either gonna get a quarterback who runs a lot or a rookie quarterback who he's never played with so i think his numbers are gonna drop off from wide receiver six i expect them to be between maybe a wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 15. Hunter Henry, I actually really like him. I think he's because a lot of his routes are going to be shorter and he's going to be a bigger target for whoever's at quarterback. His numbers might even increase from tight end nine. Might see him be around tight end five or six. And then Mike Williams is a freak athlete. I just don't know with that question mark at quarterback if he's going to see a a big uh, upstick in numbers. I could see him being maybe wide receiver 30 this year, um, but I don't see him cracking the top 20.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said there. I I like what you said about Hunter Henry, too, because he is going to run a lot of those short drag routes, really just be a safety valve for either of the quarterback options there. So he could definitely push for top four or five tight end numbers this year. So why don't we move on to the third team in this division, which is the Oakland Raiders. We'll start with their key additions, and I just want to touch on Henry Ruggs, first of all, the Alabama wide receiver that they took with the 12th overall pick. I am a huge fan fan of rugs and it was a little risky to take him as the first receiver off the board when you have safer options like jerry judy or cd lamb out there but Ruggs is explosive man he's so fast ran a 427 40 yard dash uh he's a big time playmaker threat to score every time he touches the ball he's got an insanely explosive first step will burn practically anyone he is a little small at 6'1 and he doesn't have a huge catch radius but his speed should make up for that. I mean, this dude is literally Tyreek Hill 2.0, and I see him having a great career and a lot of success stepping in as eventually being the number one guy for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, and to add on for Ruggs is he actually might see some time on the special teams as a kicker turner. He did that a little bit at Alabama, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, get, he gets those touches as well for the Raiders. Um, moving on from Ruggs, they drafted Damon Arnett, Uh, with one of their first-round picks. Uh, Arnett was an elite quarterback for Ohio State. He saw starting reps for three years with the Buckeyes. And with a thin depth at quarterback that the Raiders have, I think you can see some playing time early in his NFL career. Uh, Aguilar struggled with the Eagles, but the Raiders really need help at wideout. So don't be surprised if uh, he makes a pretty big impact this year as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to touch on Damon Arnett uh, first, he is an elite cornerback in this league. Like he, he's going to, or at least he was at the college football level. And he's got the tools to step in and be a really good corner for this team. So I love that pick uh, that they made. Obviously that was the Khalil Mack pick for them. Uh, but yeah, moving on. uh I want to touch a little bit about other uh kind of undervalued offseason pickups they made. Malik Collins, the former Cowboys defensive tackle. Uh, he's just a really big guy run blocker that you can, stuff on the line and he's going to make plays for you and then Corey littleton was instrumental in what the rams did the last couple of years he played a big role in their super bowl push when they made it to the super bowl a couple of years ago against the patriots and then they also brought in jason Witten, uh the former cowboys tight end he's not gonna have a huge impact on the field but we know how much of a leader jason Witten is he's going to be a guy that can come in and really help change the culture in that locker room
1: yeah Ali the pickup of Witten too just because Darren Waller uh, who had a great season last year hasn't been a consistent tight end in recent past and recent history I guess so I think Witten can teach him a thing or two on how to keep his numbers consistent uh, and possibly push for another top five tight end season this year
0: yeah absolutely I mean Witten has been one of the most consistent tight ends uh, we've seen in history I'd say so he definitely could help Waller out with that uh, moving on to the prediction. For the Raiders this year, I don't see them winning more than four or five games, uh, just as you did with the Chargers. I mean, looking at who they have at quarterback, whether it's Derek Carr or whether Marcus Mariota, who was another offseason acquisition for them, steps in and takes his job. Neither of those guys are going to be big time playmakers They're more game managers. They just don't have
1: the weapons right now to make a legitimate push at contending. Yeah, for me. We're almost opposite with the Chargers and Raiders. Um, I think that the Raiders are going to do decently well this season. I think they are going to push for a seven or eight-win season. They have Derek Carr, who I think is an established quarterback right now. And even if he doesn't stay the quarterback of this team, I actually really like Mariota. So for me, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback uh, because a lot of their wide receivers and targets coming in are going to be new so they have to uh, build that connection up anyways if Marriott was the quarterback. But they have a really strong running back with Josh Jacobs. They have a pretty uh, deep defense, so I do see them finding some success as long as Derek Carr can probably perform to what his potential is. I think he's struggled the last couple of years, but if he can find a rhythm, I do see this team winning seven or eight games but falling short of the playoffs.
0: Fair enough. You know, I'll
1: give you that. Uh, You gave me the benefit of the doubt with the Chargers, so I'll do that with
0: the Raiders. Uh, I'm just not sure that any team led by Derek Carr can make a legitimate playoff push, but we'll see. Only time will tell. Moving on to the fantasy assets uh, for Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs was a really nice draft choice for them last year. He came in as a rookie running back. I know you said, Trent, that you don't love rookie running backs, but he had a pretty good season, finished RB21, dealt with some injury issues, but when he was healthy, he was the legit workhorse for this team. Uh, Darren Waller, we talked about him a little bit. He had an electric season last year, finished as tight end three, but then besides that, you don't have a ton of fantasy options on this team. I'm expecting Henry Ruggs to be a guy that can at least push for top 40, top 35 wide receiver numbers this year, given their current wideout core, but yeah, Trent, how do you feel about the fantasy assets on the Raiders?
1: You know, Josh Jacobs right now is is really seen highly on this team. I think for pre-draft ranking, he's around 20 to 25. But I see him getting the drafted a lot in the 15, 16 range. Um, people are really valuing running backs this year. So expect Jacobs to come off your board pretty early. Uh, and I think he will perform as well. He's going to see a lot of touches. Those RB21 numbers are going to improve probably to roughly an RB10 season, in my opinion. I think you're right on Ruggs. Ruggs is gonna see a lot of targets. He's gonna have an immediate role on this team. Uh, he could if if Carr is, starts throwing the ball well, Ruggs could be a top thirty wide receiver saying there's not a bunch of targets on this team. And then Waller ended up being tight end three last year, probably because no one else the carr had no one else to throw to. Um so I expect Waller to get a lot of targets again this year. I think his numbers may drop off a little bit from tight end three to maybe tight end six, but I think those three guys have a lot of fantasy value, and the rest of the team are a lot of wave of wire pickups or, or deep cows on your bench. Absolutely. All right, so why don't we move on to the final
0: team in this division, which is a team that both Trent and I are very excited about this year, that, of course, being the Denver Broncos. Trent, how do you feel about the acquisitions that Denver
1: made this offseason? I just wanted to you know put it out there and say this is my favorite team in the NFL right now. Uh, this is my team to watch, and I think this is the team that will make the most noise this season. Uh, with their draft, the Broncos went wide receiver, wide receiver with their top two picks. With a 15th overall pick, they selected Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama, He was a top college wideout for three years, racking up some big numbers at Bama. He found a lot of success because of his clean route running, safe hands, and top end speed and he has a lethal, lethal combination of skills I think will lead him to find some success on this Broncos team. I'd expect him to, I expect him to line up with a, a strong, young wide receiver in core, and I think opposing cornerbacks are going to have trouble covering all these young guys. Um, and speaking of those young wide receivers, with the 46 pick, they went with Penn State Wild K.J. Hamler. And Hamler, I, I mean, as you mentioned, I think about uh, Ruggs, being like a, a mini Tyreek Hill. I mean, this guy is kind of in the same conversation. He brings explosive speed. He ran, he runs close to a 4-2 40-yard dash, and they clocked him at a 3.96 uh, on a 40-yard section of a like a 90-yard touchdown this past season. He's a big play weapon with a serious, and it will be a serious deep threat in this Broncos team. I don't expect him to see a lot of targets, but I expect him when, when he is targeted, they're going to be you know, 20, 30 yard balls or even more, even more yards. Yeah, fair enough.
0: I mean, I'm on the same boat as you, man. Just to touch on Judy a little bit. This was my favorite draft choice uh, of this entire year. Uh, Judy's obviously a great playmaker an excellent route runner. His body control is amazing. He's got awesome hands. He's really just the full package at receiver. His only weakness is that his frame is a little small and thin. He's just 6'1 and 192 pounds, but obviously once he gets in the gym with those professional trainers, he'll be able to bulk up a little bit. He plays a lot like Devontae Adams or even A.J. Green in his prime. He's going to be an elite receiver. I love that the Broncos added him to that core with Cortland Sutton. I think those two are just going to benefit from the presence of each other. And then KJ Hamler is a great change of pace option, as you mentioned. He's super speedy. I think he definitely deserves being be in that Tyreek Hill 2.0-esque conversation. Yeah. How do you think this Broncos team is going to do this season? I mean, I think they're going to be really good. I'm not going to lie. I think we're on the same page with this one. This is a team that could push for 10 Maybe even 11. That's a little crazy wins this year. We didn't talk at all about their uh, big RB pickup, which is, of course, Melvin Gordon from the Chargers. Yeah, a lot of teams uh, really just swapped studs this year because obviously the Broncos did lose Chris Harris to the Chargers, and then the Chargers pretty much gave him Melvin Gordon in exchange. Uh, he does join Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in a pretty crowded backfield, but I think a lot of people are expecting Gordon to win that workhorse back role, which is. Uh, of course not great for lindsey and his fantasy potential but he's only going to stick around there for one year because his contract's up um but yeah moving on to the prediction for this team for this year i think they're going to be really good they're definitely going to be the number two team in this division they might even have a chance to push the chiefs a little bit they're not going to take that number one spot for them but they'll definitely be a high-end wildcard team that could make some noise in the playoffs what do you think about them trent
1: Yeah, I think you said everything perfectly. I mean, I think they're going to be a 10-win team. Um, They're going to be a wild card. They're going to be in the wild card position. I think adding Melvin Gordon is really going to benefit them. Lindsey probably won't stick around for long just because he's performed so well, yet he's on that rookie contract still. He's not getting paid enough. And they brought in this big-name guy, Melvin Gordon, so I don't see Lindsey staying here after the season. But the Broncos as a whole is just – We'll get into some of the, some of the, uh, some of the assets when we talk about fantasy, but with Drew Locke coming into his second season, I think he's really going to hit a rhythm. He started to play some games at the end of last year, and he looked really, really good. So I think 9-10 wins for this team is is really where I see him finishing.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, and to get into the fantasy assets for this team, there are a lot of them. And a lot of them do rely on Drew Locke hitting his stride in his second year. And, you know, as high as we've been on the Broncos, I will say this. that Drew Locke, I think, only uh, reached over 220 passing yards in one game. So as high of a ceiling as we both have for him, he's definitely got to prove that he, he can be more consistent through the passing game. But as long as he takes that step, man, this team could be huge for fantasy this year. Obviously, Melvin Gordon finished 2019 as RB23 after holding out for a few games and then joining a really crowded committee with Austin Eckler. He's pretty much in the same situation, but I don't think Lindsay is nearly as talented as Eckler. He should definitely win that workhorse role. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton finished 2019 as wide receiver 19. Noah Font finished 2019 as tight end 16. Uh, both of those guys are in for bigger years, now that you've added more receiving options, defenders are going to struggle uh, to keep up with containing them. Sutton was getting double teamed like crazy last year. Teams aren't going to be able to afford that with Judy lining up on the other side of the field, and that should put him in more one v one situations, which he tends to dominate in. This team is just going to be a monster in
1: fantasy. What do you think about him, Trent? Yeah, this this is a team that just makes me excited. You know, Melvin Gordon. He was running back 23 last year. I think if Lindsey doesn't interfere so much with his touches, I think he's being drafted well, uh, far too low this year. I think he's probably being drafted in the, in around the mid to early 30s. I think he can go back to his old ways and be one of those top running backs. Don't be afraid to draft him in the 20s. Sutton was wide receiver at 19 last year. He was still young and still learning. It towards the end of the season, when Drew Locke started to come in, Court, Courtland Sutton really put up some big performances, made some you know ESPN top ten plays. I mean, he was doing it all towards the end of the season. I see him improving off his wide receiver nineteen numbers, and I think he should be drafted a bit higher than he is now. Fan, tight end sixteen last year. I liked what he did last year at, at tight end. I think he's going to improve in those numbers, possibly even be a tight a top ten tight end. Uh, this coming year, I think all of this just depends on you know does Drew Lock live up to our expectations. I mean, I think he has this certain swagger to the to him. I don't even know if it's swagger or confidence, uh, but he ha- he has like the it factor for me. And I think if if he he if he can just do what he says, like his his potential is. I mean, this team is going to be great. Absolutely.
0: So. Now that we've covered all four teams in this division, we are going to be moving on to the final rapid fire in this series. If you're new, here's how this segment works. I will ask Trent a series of questions which he must answer off the top of his head while giving a very brief description, backing up his answer if he chooses to. After each of his answers, I will respond in the same quick manner with my own predictions. All right, Trent, are you ready for the first question? Let's do it. Who was the best offseason
1: pickup in this division? I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. If he pans out with the Chargers, I think he's filling the biggest uh, hole on his team at the most important position at quarterback. So I think if Tyrod pans out, he, he will be the best offseason pickup. You know, I'm going
0: to go with Clyde, actually, through the draft. Uh, and I know we say uh, we're going to talk about draft picks next, but just if he can really pan out, the one thing that the Chiefs have been lacking has been a reliable running back ever since they were forced to let go of Kareem Hunt. And if he can step in and be that guy, then, oh, my God, who can beat this team? So, moving on, what was the best draft pick made out of these four teams? And obviously, mine, my answer was Clyde, so I'll just let you go.
1: See, I'm going to go with Ruggs. Just because the Raiders have such a big hole at wide receiver— And I think his ceiling is so high because he can get a ton of targets on this team. And I think Clyde's um, rushing attempts are actually limited with the crowded backfield and with how many targets that uh, Mahomes has. I think Rudd's going to have a bigger impact for any of these draft picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really just pick your poison uh, with this question for any of these teams because you've got guys like Ruggs, Clyde, Kenneth Murray, Jerry Judy for the Broncos. You've got a ton of dynamic draft picks that can make huge impacts. And moving on, will Melvin Gordon establish himself as the workhorse back in Denver this year or will it be more of an actual
1: committee? I think it will be a committee until maybe week six, six in which Gordon will become the dominant back I think uh, he will start to show off like Melvin Gordon of old and he would just, you know, leapfrog Philip Lindsay and Philip Lindsay would kind of just fade out and we'll get a, a pretty big contract by a new team the following season. Yeah, I think that Melvin Gordon,
0: that he'll eventually take over this team for sure, too. What will be the best team in this division in three years?
1: I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but I think the Broncos will be giving them a run for their money by then.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there, but it's pretty impossible to pick against the Chiefs right now considering how talented they are. So what is Justin Herbert's career ceiling?
1: I think it can be high if he can establish himself as the Chargers quarterback within two years. I think his ceiling, maybe player-wise, if you're comparing him, could be like a a Matt Ryan. Um, That's how I see him, I guess. That's fair. I kind
0: of see him as more of a Donovan McNabb. He's more mobile than uh, a lot of people give him credit for, which I know you touched on earlier. Um, He's a guy that could, you know, maybe win one, two Super Bowls in his career. He's got the athletic abilities. He's got a cannon for an arm. um, But it's really all a question of can you put it together consistently? So who will have a better fantasy
1: season, Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler? I'm going to say Eckler in PPR formats, especially just because the Chargers won't have an established quarterback, but it'll be a bit closer in standard leagues if Melvin Gordon is to have that workhorse role earlier than I expect.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Eckler, too, just because Gordon's going to have to compete with Lindsey for touches, whereas Eckler's left with Justin Jackson as his backup. It's not real competition. Who will have a better career? Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy?
1: I'm going to go with Judy just based on the fact uh, he has a better quarterback to work with. I think he'll link with Locke well, and he'll probably see cornerback uh, too for a couple of seasons until he possibly leapfrogs Cortland Sutton, if he does ever uh, leapfrog Sutton. Yeah, I'm going to go with Judy, too. I just think he is the complete package
0: at receiver, and he is in a situation where they're going to be able to compete much faster than the Raiders are. Ruggs could be very talented, but it doesn't matter if the Raiders are out there winning three or four games every year. How many teams will make the playoffs from this division?
1: You know, I actually want you to answer this question first. I want to I end this series with a bold prediction.
0: Okay, well, we do have one more question after this. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, No, 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 that's fair. I'll I'll still go, and I know you're going to say three. I don't want you to tell me that the Raiders are going to make the playoffs this year, man. I'm going to go two. Kansas City is obviously the favorite to come out of this division. They're a team that could win 14, maybe even 15 games this year. And then I do have the Broncos making it into the wild card.
1: I actually misheard the question. This is not my bold prediction. Two teams are going to make it. Uh, and I agree, it's going to be Chiefs winning the division. Broncos as a wild card. Next, next question. I'm having next for... question,
0: I'm assuming your bold prediction is uh, our final question, which is, as always, will one of these teams win the Super Bowl in the next three
1: years? And what do you think, Jeff? What, what is your answer to this question?
0: Man, I think that a team from this division is winning the Super Bowl in the next two out of three years, at least, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, my bold prediction that uh the next three years all Super Bowls be won by a team out of this division. Do you think that you think the Chiefs are gonna win three straight? No, I think that if the Chiefs can I think the Chiefs biggest competition is the Saints this year. I think if the Chiefs can beat um the Saints this year, Drew B's possibly may retire and that team will be less of a threat and they will they will it will be between the Chiefs and the Broncos the following two years. And I'm not sure who will win those next two after, but I honestly do think it will be one of those two teams.
0: You know, I'm going to give a couple other teams in the AFC a little bit more credit because I do think, like, the Ravens could be a team that competes with the Chiefs to make it out of the AFC every year. Obviously, the Chiefs have a bit more talent, and I think Patrick Mahomes is in a position to win more than Lamar Jackson is, whereas Lamar Jackson is just going to put up crazy stats. Kind of like if you're going to go into the NBA comparison, LeBron versus James Harden. I don't know. One of those players is set up to win championships. One of them is set up to put up
1: MVP numbers. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I'll be more specific with it, so it's it's not vague. I will say that the Chiefs win the next two, they 3 and then uh, the Broncos win the following year, and they dethrone their divisional rivals. That's That's crazy, man.
0: That, you know, that, is, that is a crazy prediction.
1: I you know how hard you. it is for a team to repeat? Not 3 Repeat. Jeff, I think this team could be, you know, the Jordan Bulls of the NFL. I, I, I'm, I'm going up there. I mean, That's if crazy. they can keep what they have for assets on the offensive side, and a lot of their guys are still pretty young, so if they don't age out, I, I don't see how this team doesn't have the potential – two three I said i'd leave the listeners with a bold prediction there's your bold prediction i got nothing else to say
0: yeah well you know what my bold prediction is to answer your bold prediction the chiefs i think that they'll win two out of the next three years but they're not gonna three peat, because they're gonna be broken up at least one of those years by the goat in
1: dallas Dak prescott and the cowboys are taking it home baby You know what? We'll have lots of time to talk about these bold predictions and many episodes to come. But for now, I'll just say that is absurd. Dak Prescott is not very good. And Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, will be sliding at the starting quarterback position.
0: And I'll be saying that Dak Prescott will be making roughly $45 million per year the next time we are talking. So that's a wrap on episode eight of The Rollout. Now that we've covered every division in the NFL, we'll be moving on to more specific types of content. We're also cutting back from three episodes a week to two moving forward. So with that being said, we'll be back Thursday. Stay safe out there, everyone.